Welcome to episode 61 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me, an X-Men the Animated Series weekly recap podcast. I'm Rod, a huge Storm fan, so was excited about this episode until we actually watched it, and also a musician, and that's a truck that I'm just going to leave in so you know <laughs> that we're recording this. And I'm JC. You can find me streaming now weekly. I'm going to say this a few weeks in the future, so that way I have to stick to it. Every Sunday night, I am going to be doing Warhammer painting because, as Rod can vouch, I have a lot of Warhammer miniatures that are just primed and nothing else. So I need to start painting these bastards. I was going to say, yeah, you have a whole set down there. You have like the temple thing and the... I'm going to say football field, but that's not right. Blood Bowl, which is football. You're okay, not wrong. Okay. Yep. No, you're you're actually you are correct, sir. Cool. Yep. I'm not completely unobserved. Cyclops is waiting for me as our weekly podcast series where we are going back and watching every single episode of the original 1992 X-Men the Animated Series in their original intended script order, building up to the release of X-Men 97, which is coming to Disney Plus later this year. Some quick reminders. We're a recap show about a series that started over 30 years now. There will be spoilers. If you don't want to spoil for you, pause the podcast, watch the episode, and come back. We'll do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes we haven't covered yet. And we're currently not sponsored or affiliated with Disney or Disney Plus in any way. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Social media. It's okay. Leave that in. You left in the truck. At Cyclops, IWFM pod on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. And also there's the YouTube channel too. You know, that's a thing. Make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast services. Finally, we record these episodes in batches. So if we're reacting to any news about the upcoming series, we may be behind. There's another truck. <laughs> that's the news. There, there, there might be a truck in the anime in X-Men 97. Nailed it. That's our, that's our, we should make that to like one of those. We got this covered. Please, memes. please do. Please do. <laughs> there might be a truck. <laughs> Confirmed. There yep, will be a truck. No, sorry. Sources say there will be a truck. I'm so bad at this clickbait wording. Now onto the show. Today, we're going to be talking about season five, which you know is going to make this weird. I'm not even going to say interesting. Episode three titled Stormfront Part One. It aired November 2nd, 1996 and currently sits at a 6.9 star rating on IMDb. You are that a child. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, I didn't even mean that. I just meant like low numbers. But yeah, it's nine two. That's funny. <laughs> it's the funny number. So Rod's the host on these two episodes because yeah. they're Storm episodes. Yeah, I love Storm, and we we were just saying before this, John was like, oh, I I just I thought that you'd be good for these until I watched them. I was like, yeah, I get it. But it, I still lo- I still love Storm, even though she's a little dumb in this story arc. Spoiler, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that is kind of a spoiler because usually she's the level-headed one. Anyway, on theme, this opens up with the National Weather Service report that is basically describing the way the weather was in L.A. the last week of February. So there was hail, <laughs> gale force winds. The only thing we did not get here was monsoon waves. Yeah, we had that previously, though. Yes, but not all at the same time, Rod. <laughs> yeah. We did have a tiny tornado touchdown, which was wild. Dope. I think that was. it only took out one tree. All my friends in Indiana were laughing, but I was like, I get why you're laughing. But also that will this was, end this city. This Los Angeles, one single tornado taking one tree was wild. Like this was, what did I say? I, I, I texted our mutual friend, Ali Spagnola. I was like, either, because she was filming an outdoor video that weekend. I was oh, like, yeah. either it's because Ali had a film shoot and nature was getting back at her or Christians were correct about premarital dancing. So we don't know. Could go either way. So anyway, the weather report service is reporting that things are going haywire, specifically in the D.C. area. And a Friends of Humanity person interrupts the reporter and blames it on the mutants. And it's like, there are just a scary amount of correlations to the insanity of bigots from 30 years ago to today. 
Yeah. So it's yeah, his, it's his version of "See, you shouldn't have been dancing before you got married." No. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You know, I was I was wondering, did he actually say premarital dancing? And he did. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was always the joke. My brother's a pastor, and I was always, I've been around a bunch of the Bible colleges and stuff. And that was always the joke: is that premarital sex isn't allowed because it might lead to dancing. Because that was like one of the big rules in like a lot of those Bible colleges dorms is like no dancing. Okay, was this flash dance? Like what's? <laughs> I do remember because I I also went to a Catholic school growing up. And our school wasn't too, too bad about it. Like nobody was like grinding in the eighth grade or anything <laughs> like that, but we were allowed to dance. We went to a, one of the sister schools and they literally had rulers. So you had to have room for the Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. They yeah, they would Spirit. literally put the 12 inch ruler between you. So you could like have your arm on their shoulders, but if they couldn't fit the ruler in between you, they would literally separate you. See that? is a little less disturbing than like where I grew up. They always said I had to leave room for Jesus. I'm like, Jesus is kind of gross if he's standing between us and what's happening right now. The Holy Spirit's a little bit less graphic. God damn it. Why is this not the video episode? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we definitely found our clips. Yeah. We're trying to make this episode so, interesting. So because, line three yeah, of my notes. Yeah. The blackbird is caught in the storm and Storm the person is in the blackbird with Jubilee and some of the other X-Men. And she's Cyclops, Beast, Wolverine, Jubilee and Storm. Yes. And she's physically getting sick. It like almost nauseous, it kind of seems. Right. And she's saying in much more eloquent and Shakespearean of words, but basically that something not of this earth is distressing nature. So it get, hits a boiling point where she freaks out. She opens up the emergency hatch and just jumps out. Well, b- before she does that, we do get the confirmation from Beast that it is irregular weather patterns that it doesn't match from a meteoro- meteorological perspective. Oh, Fuck yeah. me. Oh, yeah, with like air pressure and stuff. Yeah, and then Jubilee is like trying to comfort her and it's like, oh, no, no, it's just it's just rough air. And it's like, <laughs> and then she yells at Cyclops to land. <laughs> Which made me laugh. I'm sorry. She's just, she's just learning from her surroundings, yeah, right? Yeah, nature versus nurture. So Jubilee is trying to stop Storm and almost falls out of yep. the jet. I don't know if she forgot the Storm can fly to not maybe worry about it too much and also controls the weather. So the two things that are the threats outside, probably nope. not an issue for Storm. Wolverine catches her. But then he says the phrase that I was very confused by where Wolverine says, she's got to do this. Yeah. What the fuck does she have to do and why? Like, I was so confused what he was talking about. That kind of implied to me that he's had enough experiences with her. He's like, listen, she's going to lose her shit. You're not going to do anything that's going to make this better. As, you know, it's kind of similar to like my dad growing up told me like whenever I had like a uh, like a logistical issue with mom or like, well, that doesn't make sense. My dad's like Shh, sh- saying yes to mom and doing it will be easier than dealing with whatever your mom's response is to not doing it. He's like, we've been married for decades now. It doesn't matter what she's asking you to do. It will be easier. <laughs> Did you just jubilee your dad right now? Because there is a chance. We know your dad doesn't kind listen of. to this, but we know your mom might. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So you just threw your dad under the bus the same way that Jubilee threw the X-Men under the bus to, to Wolverine in the last episode. Oh, yeah, totally. But also, I wouldn't write off my mom being proud of that either. She'd be like, oh, yes, she's trained. <laughs> so Cyclops yells. And this is where the famous screen cap of Jubilee pointing in the Blackbird is from. I didn't know it was this episode. Right. It's funny because like I had no idea where that one was coming from. But anytime I'm looking for the screen grabs to make the Instagram images and stuff like that, I don't know who controlled the SEO on it. <laughs> but for some reason, that appears in like the top five images, no matter what episode you look up. That's funny. It I- is always there. So we know what the thumbnail for this episode yeah, is going to be. <laughs> 
We should change like one character. I don't want to Photoshop anything. I was gonna say, you're, you're the one that's gonna do that. I don't even have Photoshop, so. Cyclops can't get the controls or respond. It's like physically fighting him back. I don't know how planes work. Well, he says the wind shear was three times what it, it should be. So they need to land. And then purple lightning wind blows off a part of the wing. This was funny because we were kind of reviewing our notes before recording. And yes, John we said, take notes. John said wind. And I was like, oh, I thought it was lightning. And we both agreed, like, it's an uh, animation. Yeah. <laughs> Knocked it's an, part of wing. <laughs> it is an angry animation. Attack the wing. And so they have to crash land. It does like incapacitate the ship, but everybody inside is unharmed. Yeah. Storm arrives at the White House and it looks like it's hailing or something or some sort of like ice thing going on. So she commands the ice to turn to steam. A character walks by that seems like they got lost on the way out of Masters of the Universe. I called him Thunderbolt guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Same. Or like, like Dollar Store Thor or something. <laughs> I mean, he did have a little quiver with mini lightning bolts. Oh, yeah. Which he never uses in, in the, the, either of the episodes. Yeah, this is a... I, you you got to wonder if this was like... This was a little late for the Masters of the Universe craze. But it, what what other like in pop culture for kids zeitgeist was like... Because that's probably what they drew from, right? Well, like, this, this character originally debuted in the Avengers. And I didn't write the date down, but I want to... I should just assume it was an existing character. Yeah, but he was not an X-Men character. He was an Avengers villain originally. See, that tracks. It's weird. Like, when you... You know, you grow up with these different... Original debut, Avengers 75 in 1970. Jeez. Okay. Oh, you know, the 70s track with that design, kind of like that style or whatever... So, so it wasn't actually something for kids at the time. So that makes more sense then. But it also makes sense that he wasn't part of the X-Men universe because it's, like it's it's weird when you grow up with these different properties and superhero groups, even when they're in the same house, you know, like the Marvel house or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, that doesn't seem like an X-Men villain. He very you know, much like, gives the... Looks like he would have been straight up a Thor villain. Yeah. So we only see the back of him. So we know this is going to be our mysterious character for like 30 seconds. And then we cut back to the Blackbird and Wolverine is cutting everyone out <laughs> yeah. of the black person so they can get out. What I thought was funny about that, though, is they already had a hatch open from when Storm fucked off on the other side of the jet. And also that it crash landed and created no other openings. It's fine. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good jet. Yeah. But also, Wolverine needed to cut something. And then he insults Cyclops by calling him Bug-Eye. I don't know why I started thinking about it, because I think usually I'm just like, okay, just insulting him or whatever. And I was like, Bug. But is it good? One eye? What bug has one eye? Like, yeah, he just, just looks weird. I guess this is a. <laughs> or well, like I mean, that was that, that was like when he got called four eyes by <laughs> by Blob, and it's like that's the opposite of what he is, sir. <laughs> it has to have a root in some like long dead, not as famous insult from the '90s yeah. kind of thing, you know, that I just forgot about. And then Cyclops yells. Yeah, and then we go back to Storm. She's calming the weather at several other like notable monuments that yep. I probably should know the name of. I believe it was the Lincoln. I um, thought it was Lincoln, but it looked like it was different. It was the guy standing. What's that one? Is that the Jefferson? That one. I think that's the one that I saw. Oh, I just looked at the shape of the building and yeah, I right. assumed Lincoln. Because <laughs> I looked inside or maybe I blinked and it changed and it was both. <laughs> it was not that. <laughs> <laughs> she does end up at the Washington Monument, though, the, like the giant penis one. And she's standing on top of it and she calms the weather there, but then she's tapped and falls off. And the the dude that was watching, well, okay, we got to rewind just a little bit. So while she's calming all this weather stuff down, the lightning god guy or whatever is walking by. He's getting a boner watching all this. He's like, yes, you know. <laughs> and so, yeah, so when the lightning hits Storm and she gets knocked down and she's tapped out, boner dude catches her. 
Yeah. Which I literally put caught by creep, which is the nice way, <laughs> which is the nice way of saying boner, dude. Yep. And he pushes like a thing on his chest. It's like a communicator thing, looking thing, and it just shuts all the crazy weather off. Right. So you kind of get the sense that he was creating all this crazy weather stuff to bait storm. Interestingly enough, there is the scenario with how he crosses paths in the comics with Storm. Originally, he was trying to use Thor for what would be a later part of this story, mm-hmm. but Thor was not around, so he settles in the comics for Storm. That doesn't track in my head because of what I know of Thor L- and Storm. Lightning powers. No, I know the lightning, but it feels like Storm has more. It was only the lightning. It was like oh, it was okay. like a power up scenario, gotcha. rather than a keeping control scenario. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, it's, that's getting more icky. That she was his second choice. choice yeah, right. Pretty so, sure he wasn't trying to fuck Thor, though. It was the seventies, yeah. and that was not comics code appropriate. Although now we know that we can't say that that might not have been the author's intention, because <laughs> because what I learned from you and Joe Schlepsky about yep. Mystique, you know the writer. That was well. That was that was Claremont. Claremont took some risks that other writers yeah. never would have. But like even if he never executed it word for word, it was like kind of like his, in, his Bible in his head for the character or something. So I don't know. Maybe uh, Archon, Archon wanted to fuck, fuck Thor. Thor. Yeah. Yep. Rod Kim. They're, they're, they're both very attractive, super muscular men. Anyway, and have a thing for lightning. So Archon says his name is Archon. Which this, I don't often do it because I'm not like Rod where I can watch TV without having closed captioning on. <laughs> but I needed to make sure I was spelling the name right and getting the name of the planet right. So I did yeah. turn on closed caption for just that point. I had to pause closed caption and spell this planet name we're about to say. And he said, Archon says that he has traveled across dimensions to yep. find Storm. I wish they kind of gloss over of like what that sounds super stalkery, especially just how he's been behaving watching her. We gloss over a lot of the stalkery nature of Archon. Yeah. <laughs> and says he needs her to rescue his planet of Polmachus. Yep. Think that's how? Sure. I made a comment to John before we started recording. When I was typing my notes, it kept trying to spell correct it to a slightly different spelling. It was like one letter off. So I'm kind of curious that I could easily Google this, but I'm not. That maybe this is some sort of like real thing that they misspelled (laughs) while he's explaining this to her the x-men are trying to reach storm through the communicators and can't storm can hear broken speech from the x-men but is frustrated that her communicator is not working so she rips it off and throws it on the ground which i originally thought was a really dumb thing to do a cartoon thing to do but a dumb thing to do is like this doesn't work throw it away nope it was smart yeah, Archon very quickly abducts Storm <laughs> right before they... Cause he, he takes like a... I thought it was a bead because it looked like it by the size of how the characters are pinching between their fingers. We'll have a discussion about how it's described later. He pulls it off of like his outfit, throws it on the ground, and it opens up a portal. They leave through the portal, but Storm is smart enough to grab one of the beads and like leave it behind before they completely go through. We go back to the crash site of the Blackbird Jubilee is flagging down a car in the middle of the road. Yep, she's hitchhiking. And Wolverine basically just steals the car. (laughs) So only because I'm the one who goes into like, you know, the well, actually. They abducted this man. They did not steal his car. Yeah, it's a boat. It's a little boat. Yeah, Yeah, they they literally surround him and... They don't uh, give a choice. And they don't even like put the smallest people in the front seat with this dude. They literally put the biggest people in the front seat. So this guy's stuck in between Beast and Wolverine. And probably... With maybe the exception of Cyclops, the oddest looking people that are also the largest. Well, Jubilee even makes a comment about that. She's like, oh, they're not as bad as they look. Yeah. (laughs) And Beast is like, you'll be properly compensated. He's like, okay, thanks. Before or after I die. Yeah. 
<laughs> After I'm stuffed into a skin suit. Back at the mansion, Beast is telling Xavier that the weather has been back to normal, but that they lost Storm. Xavier says that he can't sense Storm, so she's either way too far away. Thousands of miles is what yeah. he specifies. Or unconscious, which is not good for New York to D.C. Or worse. Or he worse, actually yes. says or worse, too. So, you know. Yep. And at the monument, the X-Men find Storm's communicator and beat, and that's when I realized, like, oh, she left it so they would know that yep. she's the one that left all the stuff behind. And yeah. also has... Because, because how would they ever find one of those bead balls or whatever yeah. it was if it was just by itself yeah and also know that it was in association with her yeah. situation she also has great aim because they're like inches apart from each other yeah and then they make a golf joke yeah this is what threw you off from the sizing perspective yeah because they said it was a golf ball right but when they hold it between their fingers it looks more like a large pearl or something so sure I, it doesn't matter but was this this that was probably actually on the technical side of things that was probably like a communication with animation right it, well like, you got to imagine they're like here's the character design mm-hmm he pulls the thing off of it, so they're not necessarily translating what the words they're going to say are going to be for the animators that are coming up with the costume design. Yeah. You know, or you know, it would be great is that they totally forgot to figure out that logistic, and they're like, just figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> just fucking deal with because it. Because they they give like very little description of this thing. Yeah. Throughout the entire two episodes, mm-hmm. except that it grants you portals. So they figure out that this has something to do with Storm's abduction or what happened to her. They haven't put together yet that it's a portal. No, they just know that it's different elements than anything found on Earth, basically. Yes, yeah. So they go back to the mansion and they're studying it and they said it's not of any known element. Wolverine makes a comment that I don't know if this is not even a 90s reference, but a pre-Y2K reference. He says playing chemistry set won't help anything. Are chemistry sets still a thing? I don't know if this is because I don't have kids or... Oh, sorry. Your your, your comment is like, are chemistry chemistry sets... Yeah, because... I know like in the before I was born, chemistry sets were like a dangerous, but also like a common toy thing. And even when I was a kid, getting chemistry set was kind of a thing that some kids would want. I don't I don't I feel like I don't see them on toy store shelves anymore. I feel like I saw it as a trope in TV, but never actually knew anyone who had one in real life. Oh, that was me. <laughs> I didn't know you before Los Angeles, so no, I don't I mean, believe it. No, I mean, like I was one of those kids that had chemistry set. Oh, I didn't, no, I, I know it, that. I didn't use it correctly, but. I actually can't remember anything from it, but it, I think you imagined it. Yeah, right. Anyway, hold on. I'm still convinced that sometime in 2020, when all that lockdown stuff happened, a lot of us just got put into the simulation because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that feels like it didn't happen, but I was told about later. Anyway, I, I just didn't know if like the chemistry set thing is like a dated reference and not even specific to the decade, but just like it doesn't, it's not a thing anymore. Like I, like I said, I felt like it was dated then. Mm-hmm but still appeared in pop culture, even though it wasn't appearing in real life outside of where you're right. from. Well, that also makes sense, too, because we, we've said a lot of times that the writers for this show were adults when we were kids, so yeah. they were pulling from their childhood, which was a decade or two before. When there were no safety measures in place for children and you could give them shit that Yo, would explode. Yeah, because it wasn't... I, I'm probably going to get this wrong. There probably wasn't actually uranium, but there was stuff like that, like dangerous substances in chemistry sets and toys and things. That they would there was uranium in, like, fucking, like, green glass. Fiesta plates and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there was no safety measures in place. <laughs> it was just interesting. I hadn't heard chemistry set being referenced in a TV show in a yeah. long time. But, yeah, Wolverine overreacts. He ends up throwing the ball, and all of a sudden a portal just pops out. You know, they don't need to explain the mechanics of it, why sometimes dropping it, whatever. But it happened in a good time. I love Professor Xavier, who is usually so quick to send his X-Men out to just random situations with very little information. It's his like, meat shields? Yeah, right. 
he's like, we should study this and figure out how it works. Wolverine's like, nope, I'm out. And then there's the quote, which I thought was a quote, but it's not. I couldn't find it anywhere. Or maybe just Frozen 2 has ruined the SEO around the phrase into the unknown. Like that was the thing that sounded like a quote to me. But again, I was trying to search for it and I literally can't find anything that is not related to Frozen 2 because that was the song from that god awful movie i feel like it's probably one of those things where it's a, it's just a common sentiment mm-hmm. you know like to infinity and beyond to infinity beyond is an actual quote though, no, that's Rod. what i mean though like it's, yeah it's, it's similar to that in that like into the unknown from frozen and right to infinity and beyond also though even though i i don't love the frozen movies the second one i enjoyed a little bit more because i feel like they had a lot more jokes in there for people my age but. i just hate olaf i watched the first one during lockdown because that's I was yeah. watching everything during lockdown yeah. I had never seen, and I just hate that character with my every fiber of my being. I can, I can see this. Oh, speak little tangent, but I, it's too good to We literally up. are talking about yeah. Frozen for the past three minutes. So I know you said you've seen the first couple episodes or a few episodes of The Last of Us. Yes, I am not caught up. I do enjoy the show, but I'm not fully caught up. Have you gotten the point to where Ellie brings up the book? Or have you played the games? I forgot to ask you that. The book or the magazine? They reference it as a book, but it might be the mag. Oh, no, no, not that magazine. Okay, different, different. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I just couldn't put it together. Okay, so you might start not like, have you played the game? I have not. I know okay. tons of the game. Okay, though. I won't spoil it for you. You might just stop watching the show and or hate Ellie because there's some, it's like they created a whole plot point that's going to be a major thing going on from now on. They're like, John will hate this. Is it, I'm, I'm interested. I, I feel like I'm going to get a text from you whenever you get to this point. It's season. just going to be me swearing. Yeah, because like they, it's like it feels, there's a thing that happens that feels like it's going to be a one-off and it becomes a major plot thread that carries like the rest of the season. <laughs> Don't ruin this show for me, yeah. Rod. I love what to, I've seen so far. Yeah, I do too. To the listeners, it's the book. You're going to laugh now because you know. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Yep. (laughs) They go through the portal. Everyone but Xavier goes through because even though he wanted to be careful, he's like, oh, they can go. Then we show the exterior of the planet. Wait, the exterior of the planet? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to describe it. (laughs) We see the planet. Planet, Yeah. I put it as Sparkle Saturn. Oh, yeah. I put it as Saturn except the rings were Jubilee themed or something. I don't know. It's like they use the same whatever effect they use for her fireworks. And they show little vignettes of the weather going haywire there, just like we saw in DC earlier. Archon is explaining to Storm that the ring protects the planet just like the ozone protects the Earth. This is like kind of a 90s thing because I don't know if you remember in the 90s, there was all this stuff like we have to save the ozone. There's also literally a hole over Australia at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And and it has finally started healing. And this is one of the few positive things that have come up like political, ecological stuff. It's like you said, we actually did it. All the policies and stuff healed the ozone. There, yeah, there was a point in, in the 90s where like we didn't know if we were going to have a protective layer on the Earth. No. <laughs> it was really on brand for like the 90s. Like, right. oh, there's a hole in the ozone, you know. There was a whole series. Captain Planet was all about that. Yeah, we also see, like Rob was saying, a few vignettes of what's going on. And I actually wrote to your point earlier that you were like, oh, this guy feels like he's out of He-Man. Yeah. Literally, there's a guy who almost gets swallowed by an earthquake who I called not He-Man because he's literally wearing like a similar chest protector to He-Man in that that's, shot. That's so funny. Was in my next note. Was that He-Man? <laughs> Except Rod doesn't put a hyphen in it. So it, was, it says, is that Hemin? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, when I'm typing these notes, I'm like watching the TV at the same time. I'm always happy when I know what I meant when yes. I go back down to read these. I mean, we've, we've talked about <laughs> this before. At least yours is legible because it's typed. Mine, 
50 50 it, shot it's so funny because we have the same we have different flavors of the same problem because mm-hmm. you might be able to not able to read your handwriting but i may have typed a bunch of random characters i have to decipher later yeah. like what was near the d key that would <laughs> so he, he explains that that's kind of how it is this ring protects the planet like that so storm says that she senses the planet is wounded which is like a reiteration of holding that ring thing mm-hmm. storm agrees to help because she's a because she's a hero yeah, yeah. And then we see the X-Men arrive through a portal, not at the fortress that Storm and Archon were at. So they're kind of in the city and a whole mob of citizens immediately congregate and accuse them for bringing the bad weather. And then we get this like small hint of like indentured servitude or slavery because like one person's like, oh, maybe they're here to help. And they instantly just get shot down. And you could also tell the quality of clothing he's wearing is not as like highfalutin as some of these other characters. So like, it has a, like a pseudo Greek vibe to some of like the architecture, but it also has a little bit of that like Buck Rogers vibe to it where yeah. it's like sort of space technology, but the average person isn't like in high tech armor kind of stuff. Yeah. And the, I think even one of them kind of yells like in the background, like get back to work or something. Yeah. They, they, they <laughs> just get shut down. Jubilee shoots and then robots attack. Yeah. And then we cut away to Archon getting impatient with storm right is trying her best to like basically like meditate and get in tune with the earth and and she's like you got to be patient because i'm trying to get in tune with an entire planet's ecosystem (laughs) and she's been there for a few hours at most yeah also a planet she's never been to before knew existed before here's the thing she doesn't even know if her shit works off planet really yeah i was kind of because you've heard me say before when they were on like the 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 moon moon thing or whatever like that was a blue zone blue zone of the moon yeah. yeah i was like does that work on the moon i don't know but yeah even here like yeah it's like does this work here we in, don't know in the comics she helps terraform mars yeah, so, so yes probably, it does yeah. so she's still trying to kind of get get in sync i guess with this planet basically and archon is getting really impatient which is one of our first hints <laughs> at something to come later yeah he really has the vibe of any time your friend is dating a shitty dude mm-hmm. and you don't want to say it right off the bat because you want to go in with an open mind but like you start seeing the flags popping up really early and storm does you know luckily in within this time frame kind of sync up and she gets up and she's like she points at this tower she's like that thing is causing all your problems and he's like that's the central energy what's the central energy transmitter and she's like oh cool so you just turn that thing off everything's fixed and he's like we can't do that i feel like storm lets this go too easily she doesn't fight for it at all. <laughs> if there's a thing destroying your entire ecosystem and it's one thing, yeah. it's not a collection of like, oh, we're burning too many fires. We're polluting from this way. It's like pollution as a whole, as a cause is harder to solve because there's so many kinds of pollution. Yeah, This is literally like, no, it's that, that fucking thing. <laughs> one thing, dude. It's one thing. You could turn off the one thing or come up with an alternate solution. Yeah. So he doesn't want to do and it. Basically, yeah. it's it's 5G. Yeah, right. So he doesn't want to turn it off, but Storm also doesn't advocate for it, really. So it's, it's just a really... She, she kind of drops it. Yeah. But then he she, goes... She's distracted by the abs. He goes like hyper flirty <laughs> in what... How did you word it? Archon Max on Storm. And then I put awkward pickup artist handhold. Yeah, pretty much. He just... He gets just kind of like... Not sleazy. Uh, yeah, sleazy. Yeah, but he's, just, he's very sleazy. He's just trying to smooth talk her. We briefly go back to see the X-Men fighting the robots that when they beat them. And Beast then, punches a robot. Yeah, 
which is great. That's all you want to see. He loves punching fucking robots. I mean, I would too if my hand wouldn't break. I mean, it it, it didn't do well for him in Beyond Good and Evil, but here. Yeah. <laughs> They're here. soft robots. Yeah. Then we go back up to the fortress and Storm has successfully calmed all the weather. Thank you for saying that because I wrote Storm Begins to Calm Storms and I hated myself for <laughs> writing that down. This does get confusing because like at the beginning of this episode, like storms in storm, storm is, storm. yeah, and, and you see the ring around the planet actually stabilizes and looks like less chaotic. It kind of goes from Kylo Ren's lightsaber to a traditional one. Like it's less like fuzzy and frizzy yeah. on the edges. Yeah, and it like it gets thick. <laughs> no, I'm trying to... <laughs> I feel like I'm like Steve Buscemi. He's like, what's up, my kids? So back down there, Beast and them, they're trying to figure out what's going on. Beast pulls out a calculator. Oh, like TI-86. It literally, it was like a, it was a calculator with like computer keyboard keys on it. Mm -hmm. And then Jubilee is like, no, I think they're up there. And she points to the biggest building. That's true. Yeah, she was like, so if a guy like that has that kind of power, he's probably the castle. And Beast (laughs) is trying to like save face. He's like, shit, she's right. Do you? Did you ever watch the first Night at the Museum movie? I've never watched any of the Night at the Museum. You'll appreciate this joke then. So, because it's hateful to children? Kind of. Yeah. Uh, well, it actually is it's hateful to stupid people. Oh. So children. Uh, yeah. So and actually specifically stupid white people. So Ben Stiller, you know, he's the human in the situation, and then all the things come to life mm-hmm. in the museum, right? So the statue of Sacagawea turns into presumably the real Sacagawea. Mm-hmm. So this van, I forget why, but the van is getting away and they need to find it. Right. And it gets away, and so they go outside. Sacagawea is doing like what like white people imagine indigenous people do to track people and animals and stuff. She's like feeling the ground and stuff, and then she looks up and looks up at Ben Stiller and's like, "They went fifty meters this way and then crashed into a tree." And he was like, "How do you know?" And then the camera widens out. Within their view, a van has crashed into a tree. <laughs> And she just points. No, anyway. I don't like this movie. <laughs> anyway, that was that was like Jubilee. She was like, how about we try up there? But yeah, that whole interaction is very short-lived. The, a ship appears above and then drops one of the golf ball bead things. Yep. And I portal. called it a portal bomb. Wait, that's a good that, that's a good way to bring it. I, I feel like this is a different iteration of what they've been using before because this is very specific and it teleports them without them having to walk through it. And they also had no choice in where it goes, whereas like we see throughout this, to some extent, there is a choice. Yeah. The X-Men don't know how they're doing it, but other people are very specific as to where they're landing. So they immediately land in a prison cell. This like Masters of the Universe prison cell thing is. And we'll then there's a great moment there. I, I wish they showed us more of it, honestly. Oh, the, oh yeah, yeah. And the Wolverine's like, oh, we need to get out of here. We have to create a distraction. And he starts like a fake fight with Cyclops. Yeah, he calls him a traitor and it's like, <laughs> I just imagine it's it's like the the scene from season one that I keep using as a GIF reaction on Twitter, where it's just Wolverine just gut punching him yeah. when he's not expecting it. Yeah. He's acting, but he's also like letting go of a bunch of pent up <laughs> aggression. So I've been doing one of the home boxing workouts, and when there there there's a thing called a coast, mm-hmm. and then a power coast and a burnout. I imagine this is like a power coast where he's not trying to knock Cyclops out. But he's hitting it like 85, 90%. Right. He's like, I got to make this look good. Right. Bam. And we never get to see that fight. I know. I'm very sad we didn't get to see it. <laughs> Another part of the fortress where Archon is with Storm. Archon's like super happy. He's like, oh, everything's back to normal. Storm is just tapped out. She's like, I can't. You know, she, we've, we've established before that doing all this, anything weather related to a large you know, a scale 
taps out stories a lot of energy right she's she's actually still in the middle of this too it's not like mm -hmm. she's fully succeeded or anything like that like she's still trying to get it under control yeah. so she's concentrating and then then we find out that that prison must have been pretty close or on the other side of the wall of that room because the x-men kool-aid man through that wall right as I think they work their way there. I don't. Yeah. I don't think you put it right next to it. It's like <laughs> who designed this? The same guy that designed the mansion. The mansion, right? There's only twelve important people in the entire universe. So Wolverine just straight up tackles Archon. Yeah, they they fight for a little bit, and that wakes Storm up from kind of her meditation or trance or whatever. And right. the weather just so starts going berserk again. Mm. Storm stops the fight and says that she'll try to get the weather under control again and then like kind of side eyes the x-men is like but there can't be any interruptions i mean her team is literally made of interruptions so <laughs> it's like we're called the x-men we fuck shit up <laughs> we usually cause the problems that we have to fix because we don't lock anybody up right and then the way storm and archon kind of interact with each other jubilee doesn't say this but it feels it in her tone where she's kind of like get a room guys <laughs> Like, so, she clearly acknowledges that like, flirting. Right. So Storm basically starts to to make everything go back to normal. And then you start to see some of the, the people that are out there reacting to the change. And there's another person who I referred to as not He-Man. <laughs> and hopefully I can find these screen grabs without having to like capture them from the actual thing. But he was wearing an outfit that was similar to the movie version of He-Man's toys which was a separate design, like what Dolph Lundgren was wearing. I was saying the Dolph Lundgren movie. Yeah. Jeez. Like it was like kind of like, or actually no, it wasn't the Dolph Lundgren one. It was the futuristic He-Man. Remember how there was the offshoot show that was like He-Man in the future? That's right. It was, his outfit was more like that dude. So they, they were just like, what, how many He-Man can we, how many Masters of the Universe can we fit So I only picked up on two, but I yeah. agree with you that Archon could also be like dollar store He-Man. It's just, you, you watch like Toys That Made Us, right? Of course. You know that whole section where they were talking about how the creators of the Masters of the Universe were like, we literally just got high on shrooms and came up with as many stupid names as possible. Yeah. And he's like, like, come on, Evil Lynn. <laughs> Evil Lynn is actually a dope name. <laughs> Do you ever think that Cersei would be Evil Lynn one day? Cersei from Game of Thrones? Oh, see, I didn't watch Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. She, she is Evil Lynn in the, the modern grittier He-Man. The oh the the Kevin Smith one the animated yeah yeah I need to watch the animated one my brother told me well there's great. two because there's the one that's yeah, the kitty version where he's just like a dude on steroids mm -hmm. and then there's the dark one yeah. and the dark one's actually very enjoyable yeah I think I think my brother said both of them like he he was like these are worth watching yeah. really cool which is funny because when I was in college I bought the He Man box set on DVD because mm. I was like oh, I love this one no I was you like, didn't yeah, yeah I didn't I watched, <laughs> same thing as Captain Planet I thought I loved it. I think it was just something animated on the television. Yeah. And the toys were cool. It's like Ninja Turtles as a concept I still like. And I read the modern comics because they're written for an adult. Mm -hmm. The original cartoons are painful to watch. I think I've actually watched the cartoons. Don't. Like, to keep your rose-colored glasses <laughs> yeah. and don't go back, dude. No. The nostalgia fuel is real. It does not age well. And that's, like, we've, we've said it before. That's why this... Batman, the Justice League, even like Superman's cartoon, those set off this cartoons can be for yeah. older audiences too. I forgot about the Superman cartoon. That was really great. And then it had a really crappy game. Well, that was Superman 64, yeah, which 64 is one game. of the worst games ever made. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even really crappy. It's one of the worst games ever made. And then everybody starts praising Storm. Yeah. And I guess I didn't realize until that scene happened that she was able to let go. Like, I thought that she was going to have to maintain it actively. Right. 
because earlier when she was concentrating, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, does she just need to sit here for forever? Because that sucks. Yeah, that's kind of like Shadow Cat in the movie version of Days of Future Past when she's teleporting Wolverine the, you know, to yeah. the past or whatever. It's like, how long has she been have to sit here for? <laughs> how it should have ended had their parody of it. And she's like, I really got to pee. Just go. <laughs> yeah. I'd be more worried about sleep at that point. Right. So yeah, the, so the planet cheers on Storm is very like the Star Wars and you know celebration moment kind of thing where like suddenly the entire planet's in one city and <laughs> is there to cheer on Storm and also immediately know that it was her. We don't we won't ask questions. And then there's the awkward proposal. Yeah, Archon convinces Storm to stay. Smooth talk, smooth smooth talks her. And yeah, and then proposes. Yeah, she he's like basically, will you stay? She said yes. Beast gives an oh my that I feel like George Takei would be right. super proud of. And then, you know, they're basically like, yep, Storm's going to be the queen. Everyone's like, what the fuck to be continued? Yeah. And I love how the X-Men, their jaws physically drop. And just to the edge of not being cartoonishly comedic. Right. Like, but you, a significant amount. It was pretty funny. She's basically Anna from Frozen, speaking of Frozen. He's like, you've known this man for four hours. Oh, my God. And that's why I don't like this episode. <laughs> She's like a combination of both those sisters, Elsa and Anna, right? Because she gets married way too fast, but she also controls some weather. Has weather powers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Is that you throwing away your trivia notes? And <laughs> the episode. Okay. <laughs> they don't have any other notes. We already went <laughs> Thanks for joining us. If you have any thoughts, like how other Frozen references to different X-Men shows, make sure to drop them in the comments for either the YouTube upload or official Instagram post about this episode if you like what you heard and not watched. We'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app you're choosing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Is it iHeartRadio? iHeart Podcast? iHeart. iHeart. Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and CastBox. Stay, stay tuned next week for a what you know what's going to happen to Storm, but she's still going to be pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs>